Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The temperature is nice and warm in the Boiling Point podcast studio. So come on in, get cozy, and let's enjoy the conversation. We empower leaders through thoughtful discussions to positively impact our world. Our host, Dave Vale, founder and CEO of Vision Coaching, Inc., is highlighting how we can thrive in business communities. Our conversations with leaders, entrepreneurs, and inspirational storytellers are shining a spotlight on empowerment. Joining Dave this week is our special guest host, Emily Roger. Let's join the conversation with Dave and Emily. Good afternoon, Dave Vale. Good afternoon. How are you? Good. It's been a couple of hours since we last spoke. <laughs> yes. And 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 probably a week or two since the last release of our pod or, or, of the last interview, which was really energizing, wasn't it? Big time. Yeah. I uh, as soon as I got off of that podcast recording, I just immediately emailed him and said, Matt, like you need to be on more podcasts. Like you have such a strong message to share and the world needs more of Matt Jackson. So for those listening, if you have not listened to that episode, go back and listen to it. It was, uh, yeah, powerful. And uh, I like got on my computer after and like even just speaking about all the creativity. I sat down on my computer and I've been had been writing for um, this magazine article and just having a hard time of getting into that groove, getting into that flow. I sat down and like hammered it out. (laughs) It just came like I could not like my fingers, like I could not type fast enough. Um, Yeah. He definitely motivated me. That's cool. So like it it just unlocked something in you is what I'm hearing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And and in speaking so much of like, you know, how can we like unlock that creativity, um, right. which is in the circumstance and the situation that we are in, even sometimes when that is in our office uh, or in my podcast recording closet. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, no. And, and, and uh, which kind of leads us to our next guest. Yeah. Craig Estabrooks. Welcome to The Boiling Point. Thank you for having me. This, uh, yeah, you came highly recommended by our mutual friend, David Stonehouse, that we needed to have you on and chat. So thank you for making time for us and for the listeners. And uh, I don't know you. I know, obviously, about you, have read lots (laughs) about the organization that you are a part of and now the CEO and president of. So for myself, the listeners, introduce yourself. Okay, well, I'll, I'll, I'll try to be brief in the introduction of myself. My name is Craig Estabrooks. As mentioned, I am the president and CEO at the Port of St. John, and I'm very proudly uh, just celebrated 11 years with the organization, which, which is extremely hard to believe when you say out loud, even though I've said it many times. And uh, I, I just celebrated as well my first anniversary as president and CEO. So it's been, uh, I've had a full pretty much a full year experience uh, in, in the job and have, and have learned a lot and have a, have a lot left to, uh, to, to learn as well. I, I grew up in St. John, uh, went to St. John High, 
I studied at UMB, then my travels took me to Halifax. I did my master's at Dalhousie, and uh, my long and winding road after that led me back to the Port of St. John, where I started in October of 2011 uh, for the former CEO, Jim Quinn, who is now proudly represents our region in the Senate of Canada and is still a very good, close, personal friend of mine and, and our community. That's, um, um, did, now did you, when you, when you were, you know, kind of going through school and thinking of a career and all that kind of thing, did you, did you imagine working for the Port of St. John? Was that something, and for people that aren't from this region, um, St. John, <laughs> New Brunswick, uh, so a province of, of New Brunswick and the city of St. John, and there's, there's a, uh, I, they would call it a deep water port here, yeah. right, right in, off the Bay of Fundy, um, which does a tremendous amount of business. Um, and we want to kind of dig into that a little bit, but just yeah. curious, like, like, did you imagine, you know, sitting on a podcast as a president CEO of the, of the port? Not, not at all. Like not even an ounce of me thought I would be doing anything. Quite frankly, I'll be really honest with you. I went to St. John High. I looked out the windows of my, of my classrooms in high school. And I knew that St. John was a port city. I had some knowledge that, you know, going, going way back a few decades back, it was a very, very important port city uh, and that we still did significant cargo and that people were employed at the waterfront. I saw cruise ships when I was in high school, but about, uh, beyond that, I had no idea how ports were structured or, or, or anything to do. And then I, my, my undergrad, I did political science and economics. I was a page in the provincial legislature in Fredericton. So I served coffee and water to the elected officials. That was my first foray into, into knowing, uh, knowing all the government officials from different regions and enjoyed every minute of that. I absolutely loved, loved my time as a page in the legislature. And, and then my, my, you know, I, I thought about, you know, different educational pursuits in law school and others. And I decided to do my master's again in political science and international political economy at, at Dow. And I thought I was destined probably to go to Ottawa, maybe work for a house of commons committee or, or some type of policy work in government is really what my, 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 passion was at that at, at that time and I, I happened to be um I, I just finished I just graduated from from Dow and I'd been traveling a little bit trying to figure out what was next like many like many people when they conclude their studies and um I happened to uh, uh to be back in St. John and a mutual friend introduced me to Rodney Weston who was the former member of parliament for St. John from 2008 to 2015 and Rodney was looking for kind of a student fresh out of school uh, to help him, he had just been appointed chair of the Fisheries and Oceans Committee, which I always thought was an incredibly interesting department. So that lined up kind of with my thinking as a young young person out of school, policy work, government to get to get in. And, and Rodney was just a wonderful, still is to this day, a champion for St. John, and just a great person. And and he said, uh, would would you like to come and 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 do a little work for for some of the things I'm doing in Ottawa? And I did that for a, for a very short period of time, and that's when I was introduced to to Jim Quinn. And Jim had just become CEO at the Port of St. John. He was fresh off of 32 years in the civil service in Ottawa. And he was looking to add some, uh, add, add a couple of new people to his team at the Port of St. John. And, and he pitched me an idea. He said, I, I have this fundamental belief that St. John's been left out of infrastructure projects, big infrastructure projects that can help propel this port forward. And it's been a long time um, since since we've, you know, un undertaken a big project. He said, would you be interested in coming to work with me in some type of government relations type role, but really more about writing a business case and building community support? This is, 
you know, this is great. This I, I really don't know what to expect. I don't know what the port does. Uh, I have very little knowledge, but but you've sold me on the, his energy and and the notion of delivering something for the community I grew up in. I thought I, I, I'm in for this. I didn't I didn't realize it was going to be 11 years later and uh, I'd be in the role. I'd, I'd be in his role eventually. But uh, but I but I really took a took a strong interest and, and started. And we on day one, I often joke with them that. I thought I was coming in to help uh, support a project, but there wasn't even a project. It was really just the belief that we needed to create a project. And, and that that's come to be today. What we see on the west side of our port, we're just about to conclude in Q1 next year, $205 million modernization project. That was that was that was early day concept when I started in 2011. And we, we went through a many, many years of planning and government applications. And here we are today. That um, well, there there you go. You, you did that really quickly too, <laughs> you, yeah. but it, but it's interesting the the trajectory and but you know there's something there's something that I, I think there's a there's a a thread in there for for that connects with what we do in terms of helping support developing leaders and coaching and that sort of thing. But it's interesting the impact someone like an inspiring leader can have on someone in terms of attracting you and uh, and you know kind of pulling you into the fold and and you know you staying. Because you know this region has a has a challenge with people leaving, you know, yeah. particularly you know, kind of the brain drain, if you will. And you didn't. Then you know, it was it was something about you know, you mentioned you know, a member of parliament, uh, yeah. and uh, and then Jim, being you know, people that saw potential in you, and it was enough to 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 have you stay, and not only stay, but just almost double down, right? It's it's so true. I I I would not have done that without e either of those opportunities. And and it was and it was leadership. And it was and it was the it was the you know playing at my heartstrings both times that you know we can do something great together. It, it's it's kind of drawing you in on the idea and the concept as opposed to the day to day transactional work. It's all very important. I mean, process and work and delivering results is important, but, but what keep, what kept me motivated and, and, and what we try to do with our, with our team today at the port is uh, keep me motivated on what are we, what are we, what are we trying to accomplish? And if, if we're successful, what impact does that have on, on the community? And, and for us now, in the past year, it's it's been about the growth at the port. We we have grown tremendously, um, e even in that last construction year, um, on the container side. But most people that travel across the Harbor Bridge can see the growth that we've had this year. We did the metric in, in the container world is twenty foot equivalent, so it's a twenty foot container box. Uh, a, a larger one, a forty footer that we that people commonly see uh, counts as two TEUs. So that's just the metric I'm going to use. But last year we did eighty six thousand uh, TEUs. Uh, the high water mark in the history of the Port of St. John's about 100 in the early 1980s, and we're going to do 150,000 this year. And, and that's great. And if you're a port person and you love supply chain, you're really interested in that metric. But what I care about and what I think the community is starting to understand is that's more than double the longshore workforce on the west side. The folks that are doing the day to day, the tough work 24 seven, these people put in the, the, you know, the sweat equity to make all this happen. Those are really good jobs. Port cities are thriving economic engines because they create middle class jobs across the supply chain and really on the longshore. We've, we've more than doubled our workforce 
this year across union. They call it white card list, which is the precursor to becoming full union. And then the reserve list, people are getting major hours. And these are six figure jobs, people that, you know, have the very diverse backgrounds, grade 12 education. They do all the training. The training is extremely difficult and extremely rigorous to become a longshore member. And, 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 we, and we've really successfully uh, seen all that, but that transforms, you know, a living wage in St. John, New Brunswick is just over $20. The longshore positions are $43 an hour. I, I mean, these, th- this will drive our economy and it will help be part of that greater poverty puzzle that we've been looking at for many years. And that's what motivates and excites our team. Mm. So yeah. Emily, are you, are you familiar with the, you know, the economic engine that, that, uh, that ports are like, I'm not as familiar. I'm a little bit, I, I know, I, I know, I believe one of your counterparts in Beldoon, um, and some of the great stuff that's happening up there, but, um, but just peripherally, but what about you, Emily? For me, I know uh, the St. John port to be where cruise ships comes in. <laughs> yep. uh, and just this past summer of learning what Area 506 is. Yeah. And being like blown away of this exists. Like I, I live in Fredericton and, uh, but uh, yeah, I had no idea. And so cool. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I can give you a little bit of background about kind of the, the port structure in Canada and how we all kind of came to be. Denis Caron in, yeah. in Baldoon is, is one of one of 17 Canadian port authorities, along with ourselves in St. John. Denny Denny is a tremendous person who I, I had a chance to work with a lot uh, when he was with the province of New Brunswick. And he was one of the big the big the, the big thinking leaders uh, in, in Fredericton. And I mean, still is today. You, you see his impact across the province. He's a, he's a, he's a good friend. And, uh, so we're, 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 we're both CEOs of one of, of, of the 17 port authorities in Canada, uh, Vancouver, uh, uh, Fraser port being, being the largest on the West coast. So the way it's, the way it evolved into a Canadian port authority system, there were a, a couple of different, uh, uh, you know, government, uh, government agencies through the years. A lot of people will remember the National Harbors Board, which was a governing body that looked after ports in general in Canada, and then and then that had local staff from engineering, accountants, all sorts of different people on, on the ground that were the employers, and then the union would do the the organized union would do the labor work at at, at ports. Uh, that structure has evolved over time, and in the 1990s, when uh, the government of the day, the, the Cretchen government was looking at divesting of a lot of assets and downsizing the size of the federal government. Uh, a lot of small craft harbors and ports were sold off at the time. And the government decided to keep the ones that that they deem, this is their language from the Canada Marine Act that they created, strategically significant to Canada's trade. And that had to remain financially self-sufficient, provide a link to highway and uh, and, and, and different sorts of infrastructure, rail infrastructure as well. And uh, St. John and Baldoon in the province of New Brunswick were were maintained as Canadian port authorities. So the Canada Marine Act is a piece of legislation that, that governs all of the ports. And then we each have our own letters patent, which is basically the, the terms of reference, the legal incorporating documents that, that, that created the St. John Port Authority. So at, at, at kind of the easiest, the easiest way of explaining what we are, we're a landlord on behalf of the federal government. So we have one shareholder and it's the Minister of Transport in Ottawa and it's crown land that we manage um, on, on behalf. So we then lease the land or operate it for our own purposes. So for the Port Authority in St. John, we have leased land for bulk operations like potash, 
We've got a major container terminal that's leased out to DP World, who's a global giant that does trade and logistics around the world, headquartered in uh, Dubai. And, uh, and they operate the largest container terminal in Vancouver, in Fraser, Surrey, and, uh, and also in, um, in Prince Rupert on the West Coast. And we are their only terminal on the East Coast of, uh, of Canada. Um, and, and then in the Outer Harbor, uh, not, it's not Port Authority land, but it's within the navigable waters because we manage the waterways as well within the geogra geographical certification that Ottawa outlines for the Port of St. John. Uh, there is operations in liquid bulk. So Irving Oil would be the big presence. They import crude, uh, refine it at Canada's largest oil refinery, and then ship it out. And we also have a liquefied natural gas terminal that's owned by Repsol that today is an import facility um, and Repsol is obviously a Spanish energy giant, and they uh, they own and operate that terminal uh, outside of the port uh, land, but within our geographical certification. So we have a relationship with that liquid bulk. And then in the Inner Harbor, we do containers, bulk. And then finally, to Emily's point, it's my long-winded way of getting to cruise. Uh, we are Canada's fourth largest cruise port, and we handle the largest cruise ships in the world. We had the Oasis of the Seas last year, which is the biggest ship we've ever welcomed at the Port of St. John. And after two long years of no cruise ships, we welcomed uh, those beautiful vessels back and had a great tourism year with that new product uh, at the Container Village. And really, it's the genius of people like Ray Gracewood and others uh, that pitched us the idea, how can we better use Portland to welcome cruise passengers, but then start to get locals and people from New Brunswick and Atlantic Canada interacting with those cruise passengers in the same space. Because what it replaced was a tent. We had a tent structure with a few vendors, but, but it was a restricted access tent that only cruise passengers could go to. Okay, yeah. I learned so much when I was in there on St. John history, on New Brunswick history, on yeah. fossils. <laughs> yeah. On, on yeah. coffee. <laughs> I was like, I just need to go touring cruise ports. <laughs> Yeah, and 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 Ray Ray Gracewood, who who has uh, launched the concert series a number of years ago, Area Five Hundred Six, continued the brand on. He did a great job of getting a diverse group in in into those containers this year. So I think, as you mentioned, we we had a lot of really interesting attractions. Yeah. Now you mentioned Jim Quinn, and I had read um, in Huddle how. You saw, like, I think it was when you were just newly appointed to your position as CEO that you saw Jim's leadership and how he conducted himself and really, really felt that it was the role that you wanted to make in the community as well. Yeah. What role was that? What did Jim do that was just so lasting on you that you're like, I really, really, really want this? I, I think it was creating a, a, a port authority that was more open and welcoming. I think that was one of Jim's key, key legacies that really attracted me to want to come there in, in, in the first place. Ports after, you know, ports after 9-11 uh, became much like airports, a very restricted, closed area. People couldn't interact with the waterfront in the same way. And it was due to that physical security concern. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and we still operate within that paradigm. But I think what Jim did such a good job on, on was um, trying to bring people back and connect with their waterfront in, 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 in a more meaningful way. So just little examples, the cruise terminals, you know, are, are utilized for community events. We do a lot of charitable giving at the port uh, for, 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 for key events. During the pandemic, we, uh, one of our cruise terminals, the Diamond Jubilee, 
uh, was was a, a place for uh, food banks and the neighborhood, the five priority neighborhoods in St. John to be able to come down and house a lot of the food that they were given so that they could get it to residents who were being, you know, disproportionately hurt by the lockdowns and had a really difficult time early days in, in the pandemic. So I think we're, and we're hopefully, you know, continuing that legacy. I, I always loved how the port, we, we do a lot of you know, we do a lot of interaction with the private sector and the business world, and we are a center for commerce, but we get to do all this incredible stuff with the community as well. And I think it's that it's that dual part of your brain working on each individual day that, that gets myself and a lot of our newer team members excited. And quite frankly, it would, I think it's the diversity of work that attracts the people that work at our, our, our team and, and why we're able to retain them um, so well. You know, as I listen to you, I'm thinking and thinking of your days as a page, and um, I'm guessing you're a bit of a policy wonk. You like you like you know the, as you're describing this, it's really um, how important is like you know good policy around supporting you know what what you do as a port authority and these 17 port authorities. Yeah, no, I I, I love that part of the job, and and we have an association. Uh, Association of Canadian Port Authorities and, and the CEOs form the foundation of the board and then there's an executive that comes out of that group and I, I just love talking about you know pan-Canadian issues as well and then localizing them back to St. John New Brunswick and seeing how it can affect that there there's legislation all the time that's introduced uh, about ports and supply chain and one thing that's come out of the pandemic so we all understand supply chain now we've all had stories I mean I you know my wife and I ordered a, a couch and I think it took 12 weeks to get here uh, we all were touched by this stuff it's hard to procure anything you know there were shelves that were empty of, of vital goods and and, and and we all kind of understood supply chain in a, in, in a bigger way and what I find really interesting is that uh, the, the government in Ottawa today I think, you know, with all their work on the supply chain task force, they really did a great job engaging ports and people that care about supply chain and how do we green the supply chain and make make it more sustainable and more environmentally friendly and how does it fit into 2030 and 2050 targets. This government and has done has done a great job and our local MP Wayne Long. Um, has been has been really great at engaging us as a port authority and getting our feedback and and and, and really listening to us and hearing us and I love that part of the job. I've, I've always kind of been, been able to take the lead on that from the time I, I got here. And, and it's something that, that continues today. Um, you, no lack of energy, Craig, like, holy cow. <laughs> and, and, I was, and I'm thinking of how important that must be coming out of a pandemic, given, you know, you, you know, you describe like cruise ships as an example and supply yeah. chain issues and, um, and just the, you know, uh, you know, how important, you know, is it like coming out of there like strong leadership? Like, I mean, what, 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 what is it? What does it help support? You know, like tangibly, maybe um, that that people could could grab onto. Because a lot of people, you know, like you, you know, you drive by, you see the containers, but you really don't, or at least I don't really appreciate the way I should what actually happens there, and and how how that work connects to so many parts of our economy. But you know, and as you even. Um, you know, you bring up the area 506 and then you talk about, um, you know, some of the, the less, less, less um, you know, privileged neighborhoods that are impact, you know, like it just, there's this huge role, right. That can be played. Um, but coming, you know, like in giving all those things and given the, the challenges of the pandemic, um, yeah. what was it like leading the authority out of that? 
Yeah, no, I, I think I think we're only as good as as the people that we employ at the Port Authority. So it's how do we maximize everyone's individual potential, and that's and because we are facilitators, it, being at a being at a port is all about relationship building. Sometimes we're doing direct business, like in the cruise industry, we're we're working directly with cruise lines and selling them on how great St. John is because it is great. And when passengers get here, it, they're they're blown away, just like they're blown away with Halifax, Charlottetown, Atlantic Atlantic Canada, Newfoundland, St. John's, Newfoundland. We, we are we are an incredible place and especially you know and we have months where we're we're even more incredible and and they're september and august and that's our the majority of our cruise season so sometimes we're out selling uh selling the cruise lines and other times we're on the container side we're facilitating we're bringing partners together like cp rail one of the largest companies in canada that's real that's made st john their east coast connection they purchased back a piece of rail that they had sold off uh decades ago in 2019 and made you know, hundreds of millions of dollars worth of upgrades. And now they're the ones helping bring all this new cargo. DP World, international player at the container terminal, uh, NB Southern Rail, who's a J.D. Irving company, is the short line. And all those pieces have to come together and 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 and, and work to, to make this to make this story and to make this cargo flow through the Port of St. John. So that's that's another fun part. We get to bring everyone together and, and try to be that great facilitator. So it, it is about having good quality people who are high energy, who are proactive, who know that it's about relationships and, and developing bonds with your stakeholders and, and, and your community around you. So I think the leadership style that, that, that myself and, and, and the leadership team, kind of the, you know, the, the, the folks that report in, in, indirectly to me, we have a lot of expectation of, of how we interact with stakeholders and community and, and the experience that we, we want them to feel when they're interacting with the Port of St. John. We want them to know that we're going to go be above and beyond because it, it, you don't have to go too far back where St. John had, had been this great uh, seaport many, many decades ago. And, 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 we, and, we did, and we did go down. And it's been a comeback story. And I think when you're a comeback story, it's, you know, that, 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 that fight or flight gets ingrained into you. Like you're like, we're not going to leave any stone unturned to make sure that there's activity here at this port. And that's, and that's really the kind of people that we've attracted and that are coming out of the pandemic. We're very hungry. Mm. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at Four Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback. So you talk about... Um you know, the team is only as great as all of the employees and about maximizing everyone's potential. What are some ways as a leader that you really help maximize people's potential? One, one of the new things we're, 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 we're testing because we have so many high, high flying achievers is we, uh, we worked with uh, Tanya Chapman here locally from the Chapman group. And we, uh, we, we, we refreshed our vision values and purpose, but what really came out of that 
uh, strategic planning that I thought was um, a very interesting point is uh, our board uh, at the recommendation of our team uh, endorsed eight key pillars. Uh, and, and, and we can get into the detail on that, but, but the leadership point that I, that I wanted to make there is a lot of times organizations would go out and kind of from a master planning or an asset management planning, like a, like a port does a lot of, and a city would do a lot of, you go out and find good outside, you know, consultants that will come in and help you write that report and, and deliver and, and help guide your organization down the path. We flipped that a little bit. It's, you know, we're still going to get a lot of outside parties and help, but we've named eight, uh, eight key project managers that are going to lead those pillars into next year and beyond. And myself, our Chief Operating Officer, Andy Dixon, and Vice President of Engagement and Sustainability, Paula Copeland, myself and my two colleagues, we're going to be the sponsors. So we sponsor a couple of those each. And the project managers are people who are really motivated and are excited that they're going to be able to leave a mark uh, with their name on it right from a project charter, all your PMP principles uh, to, to, to the end, uh, have a project charter, work with a local team, uh, kind of an internal stakeholder team, and then go out and find um, external help as, as, as we kind of craft each of those eight pillars through 2023. So um, the hope is that that'll really keep people as excited and motivated as they've been to date. Yeah. What, what, I, what I like about that is um, it just, it, it creates ownership, doesn't it? Right? Yeah. And it, and it helps, and you know, because a lot of times strategic planning process, you know, people would typically like, you know, commonly say, you know, it's a, it's an interesting process and we got this document and it sits on a shelf somewhere. Yeah. What you're saying is, no, this is going to be living live. And, you know, they've got eight, typically eight people that are tasked to leading and, you know, making their mark with your support is what I'm hearing. So it's, it seems like a really, really nice engagement model. Yeah, and and that's really our hope too. And then and then within those eight groups, the project managers can then tap other resources internally too. So that next layer, maybe someone who's just started in the last number of years, because we have a lot of new uh, new folks that have joined us as we've scaled our workforce up. Is in the 20, 25 to thirty range when I started, we're now fifty people. Um, so we've had a lot of new people added, especially with the growth and through the pandemic, uh, gives them an opportunity to understand where we've been where we're going, and they can start to think about what mark they want to leave on the organization as well. Yeah, I love, um, and I had kind of read about this earlier, but you speaking about how you um, like recently underwent that review of your vision and your values and your purpose. And I think of the amount of conversations that I've had with leaders, and I ask them, well, what, what, what is the organization's values? What are the company's values? What is the vision? Yep. And not being able to, there's no answer there. Or it's like, is is how you are operating as a leader in alignment with what that vision of values, that purpose is. Um, well, and, you know, hearing that you then tested yeah. the, and challenged the language, the assumptions, and then were willing to make those challenges, those changes. Yeah. And, 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 and the, 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 what, what I, when we started our two day session, so what we did was pretty unique as well. We gathered our entire team, uh, our entire group of, of, you know, 45 to 50 employees, unionized workforce, non-union. We had everyone in the room. Tanya facilitated it. We did a brainstorming. We got a lot of, you know, she, she asked a lot of questions, challenged, you know, the, the language that we had before. And, and, you know, before we did the breakout session, the only thing I said to the team was, don't describe a port. 
describe the port of St. John. And, mm. and what I meant by that difference, we had, we had really good language before and, and kind of our, you know, our, our, our vision was to connect to the world through trade and tourism, which was a really great vision. And, 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 you know, we got quite far with that a number of years ago. It was very, it's inspirational. We connect to the world. It makes you feel like you may be sitting in St. John, New Brunswick, but you're connecting to the world. But the challenge this time as we evolve and try to create, create our own unique identity and market St. Port of St. John to the world, um, you, that's, that former statement could be true of any port. Any port connects to the world through trade and tourism. That's that's kind of you're describing what a port does. So now we tried to evolve it and and make it you know describe who the port of St. John is. And 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 the core values exercise was really about you know describing our DNA. What's our contract to you? How are we going to interact with you as a stakeholder? What can you expect from us? Um, and well, and, and so and I'm guessing maybe part of that process or something that came out of it. I don't know if it's connected to that or not. And we, we got to talk about, about this is, uh, is, is you're launching a podcast. Now, we, and, 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 and I'm just going to say that that wouldn't be what I would expect from this conversation. So you, you mentioned that just, you know, prior to us hitting record. Yeah. Like, what, what's, tell us about that and, and what, you know, the genesis of that. Well, it, it, it actually all stems from, you know, a, a sentiment that, Dave, you, you expressed a little bit earlier. It, it's that. We, we do all these little little things that are very interesting, but it's 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 very difficult to tell the story of what we do. Mm-hmm. So if someone said, "Give me the elevator pitch of what you do," I am, mm-hmm. you almost pause and go, "Oh, I got to talk about liquid bulk, bulk community, cruise, government, you know, all the policy, all this," and it becomes so overwhelming. Your elevator pitch lasts 15 minutes and probably your, my answer to your first question felt like that too for all, all your listeners. It's that, just, that's, that's <laughs> like the, that's like, like, you know, that's going up and down the CN tower like four times. Probably. That is yeah. exactly what I was thinking, Dave. Yeah. So it's, it's impossible to, to describe that. So what we, what we brainstormed internally was, and we had a, we had an individual, Kate Mulberry. I don't know if you know, Kate, Oh, yeah. all, she pitched us the idea of wouldn't a podcast be a wonderful idea to get a more nuanced way, you know, what yeah. way of, of getting a, a, a story that takes a little bit longer from a storytelling standpoint out mm-hmm. and all these things you do with the community and all these interesting people you interact with. We, we interact with the, you know, from the CEO of DP World to, you know, Christina Fowler is the executive director of the Learning Exchange, trying to make sure that her adult learners know that there's access to potential new jobs with the ILA. So we have all this diverse, different leaders that we interact with. Wouldn't it be great to help tell our story with Kate, who's got a really unique, uh, you know, way of, of delivering a message and, 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 and interacting, and then try to work with others uh, that are doing podcasts like yourself and really start to tell stories that are port related, but even deeper part of the part of the community. So what, what's, what's the name of the podcast going to be? It's actually going to mimic the 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 um, the what we had in the container village. We called it our port pod, uh, which which was our you know how we have the, we interpreted the history of the port of St. John and some of the really neat things we're doing from a environmental sustainability uh, kind of kind of indigenous standpoint in in, in the pod. Uh, we worked with some of the elders from the communities uh, in, 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 in kind of curating that pod this year. So we thought we already named something the Port Pod. So we're going to call the podcast the Port Pod as well and try to have that cross branding from the Container Village uh, embedded in. Love it. It's catchy. Yeah. So our first, epi- our first episode is next week. And we're going to be talking all about Harbor Lights, 
which is something that the port's been part of. We light up the tree on Long Wharf. We've, we've partnered with the CBC for a number of years, and it food and it uh, helps feed uh, uh, folks this time of year uh, through the through I believe sixteen food banks uh, across the greater region from Sussex to St. Stephen. It's a big initiative. Yeah. What yeah. Um, are you? Are you, so you're one of the hosts, I, I assume. Kate, Kate, and I are co-hosting. Oh, cool. So you got me, and then you've got someone from outside the port world, and it's going to be it's going to be interesting and great. I, I, think, I think Craig's a natural, Emily. What do you think? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kate well, will I, keep me in line. <laughs> if I, yeah, no, and Kate's Kate's wonderful. Um, what what I was going to say, uh, um, like like what I've really enjoyed about doing podcasts, and it'll be interesting to hear your experience after you. You know, and I mean, obviously, this is a different type of a podcast and our format might be different than your format. Um, but just, you know, kind of touching on what Emily spoke to earlier, the like it, it something about a conversation and what it can evoke in you as the host is pretty incredible. Like mm. Emily talked about, you know, our last interview and then getting out of that and, you know, kind of unlocking some some thoughts because of the topic that supported doing our, like it it's a really great way to connect with people and just, you know, um, and, and I, and I think, you know, learn more like about a port authority, like, you know, in a conversation and, and we probably, the reality is, you know, would we be having the same conversation somewhere else? Maybe not. You know what I mean? Like the fact that you're kind of, you've got a blocked set of time and you've got a topic you want to talk about it. And it just, it, it's really neat what it can, uh, can evoke and, and what you can learn uh, you as a host as well is, is just something I'll share with you after having done this for a number of years. Yeah, no, that, 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 that's great. And, and, and I, one thing that struck me as, as, as you were speaking there too, is that so, so many times when organizations communicate something, you're, you're communicating a message because it has a time and place and it's a very specific, you're trying to target something, you're trying to get a story out. And what I love about this conversation and, and hopefully what we're going to do in our podcast is there is no reason for having the dialogue at that time there's no specific time and place you're trying to get a message out something's topical it's it's date sensitive it's just that conversation and i think hopefully it will enrich and people will understand kind of what we do what our thought process is behind things because we're not trying to communicate something to someone we're just trying to have a have a casual conversation about what we do why we care about what we do and how we're trying to craft a, a future for the port and the community and then open it up to people's thoughts, ideas, and concepts, because we don't hold all the great ideas. There's lots of ideas that we need to hear from people in the community. What, Emily, what advice would you, you, you know, you, you've started uh, co-hosting us about, well, I don't know how long it's been. It feels like forever. Actually, almost, we actually have our two, we have our one year uh, anniversary of me co-hosting with you on December 16th. That was the first oh, day ooh. I came down to St. John and Friday. we recorded. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's, a year already? Holy cow. I know. Yeah. So Emily served as a guest and um, and she's got a, if you don't know her backstory, uh, we got a, you know, like great, you know, Greg Hemmings, I, I'm sure. Yeah. Okay. And uh, yeah, he did this. He, he pulled her in and she wasn't aware she was going to be a guest and she was a guest and, <laughs> and, and we just really enjoyed the conversation. And then this wonderful documentary came out of it with Hemmings House. And then Emily got into the coaching world, which is kind of, um, you know, I have a, a unique interest in, and we started collaborating and then she joined the podcast and then, and she's now going to be leading it. Um, and, uh, but any advice, Emily, you know, given in the last year that you give Craig? 
Gosh, I don't know of advice, but I think that like allow yourself the time to just like what happened after the last time we were recording to have the space and the freedom to really soak in the conversation that you had because it like yeah again just the power of conversations but really like giving yourself yourself that time that space to just marinate in it good advice yeah it's it's, it's difficult to do in today's world but we need to we need to take totally. that time did, yeah did, you know i did after a recording what um and that <laughs> i uh uh our, our car is going through a motor vehicle inspection. So I don't, I only have, we only have one car and my wife works at a school and it's about a kilometer and a half away. And my, and I, I, I forgot my, my daughter's basketball bag. So I had to hike down with the basketball bag in, in the snow. And I shouldn't be saying that because we're, we're, we're time dating the, um, our podcast here. Um, <laughs> To get a car, to clean it off, to race over, to give my daughter. So I didn't reflect on it at all. So I think that's excellent, excellent advice. And I'm going to start taking it. And and in fact, after this, I can, um, I, you know, like I'm just thinking in the last 40 minutes how much I've learned about um, I should be paying more attention to what's happening with Port Authorities, you know, and I have this, you know, like I said earlier, um, knowledge of it very on the periphery. And, uh, and yet, more so um um you know i'm gonna i'm gonna take that advice and marinate on it how can we how can we help support what you're gonna you're you're doing craig and and uh letting listeners learn more about you know you and the port authority and the podcast and that sort of thing yeah i i think i think there's a there's a world uh there's a port world beyond just the port authority too that that we're hoping to help uh, get the word out. So we've got an incredible longshore union, for example, that that puts the hours and and moves the boxes in the container terminal, and they're the ones, you know, loading the potash ships at the at at, at our at our bulk facility. They're 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 integral into, into crews. There's all these different companies that 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 don't have a huge profile that are all adding to their workforce in a meaningful way because we're experiencing growth right now and be southern rail for example you know people probably a decade ago didn't didn't see themselves working uh, at leaving high school and going to work on a rail line uh, but but that's a very common thing in other parts of of, of north america europe and, and and the world people having very very meaningful employment uh, working for for a rail company, rail is a huge part of the of the of the world, but we haven't seen a lot of those jobs lately. So I think uh, we're going to try to do a, you know as best a job as we can to tell some of those unique personal stories, not just on the podcast, but in a in a different way communicating. So uh, you know, I, any help we can get to 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 tell those stories and 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 to make it more personal, I think that'll that'll um, that'll connect more with people when they can see themselves or their relatives. Or, or their friends, uh, you know, kind of the, the work that they do when they can see it and feel it a little bit more, they'll, 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 it'll be more meaningful. So by the time this comes out, the, the first, you'll have launched the first podcast, um, if not this, you know, um, so how do, how would people find that? The first, the first we, we just recorded it Monday. Uh, so the, 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 uh, I believe it's going to be pushed out through kind of our social media platforms at the at the at the port. We also filmed um, we also filmed it as well. So I believe that there is a uh, uh, an ability to watch uh, some or or or, or part of it uh, on YouTube as well. So so stay tuned. We're gonna we're gonna push it out through our social media channels and and beyond. 
And then we and so you're you're killing me here. Where where do they find this, Craig? <laughs> like, give us a URL or something. I, I, I have to I have to get back uh, I have to get back to you on that one. That's not my okay. Okay, sorry. My, my sorry. Area. sorry. I mean, I, I listen to podcasts on Apple Pop, Apple Podcasts, so I I don't know if that's. Oh, I'm, I'm yeah. sure our folks are going to be able to push that up. They're going to kill me for not having that answer. <laughs> they we'll, we'll, we'll we'll have it, and they'll probably. And you can kill me for pushing and not 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 being aware of the fact that you're avoiding it because you didn't have it, which I can totally one hundred percent relate to. Believe me, yeah. believe me. Yeah. Okay. yeah, I second that Dave could relate to that. Oh my yeah. god, totally. So so I, I would have been doing the exact same thing, and I would have been thinking to myself, Dave, would you just let us go? Like obviously, I don't know. <laughs> We are going to the top of the CN Tower again, and we are still not going to get an answer to that question. That's right. Was, yeah, I'm just going to go like, back and start was, reiterating what parts do again. <laughs> I was like, you know what? He would be good in Ottawa, wouldn't he, Evelyn? <laughs> yeah, the, the, I, I learned that as a page in the legislature, then working in Ottawa. You don't, in that world, you don't answer the question you're asked. You answer the question you want to answer. <laughs> Well, a hundred percent, hundred percent. And and actually, and that's maybe, that's kind of the beauty of a podcast is, is it, is, is it, is long enough where you can still drill down, drill down. Finally, someone says, look, I don't have it. Okay. Okay. No problem. Like, yeah, you can make a joke of it. So. Yeah. Or the other thing is that like, when I'm a guest on podcasts, it's somebody asks you a question and then you start kind of going your answer. And if yeah. you don't want to answer that question, like you still can just go down whatever avenue you want to go. And then at yeah. the end, you're like, wait, what was that question again? And normally yeah. the host has forgotten what the question is. <laughs> so you're just on to the next topic. Like yeah. that's another yeah. tactic for you. Well, <laughs> as Dave was asking the question I'm, I'm thinking the podcast i listened to like you know I, 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 my brain immediately went to the dateline podcast and i'm, I'm, I'm thinking of the keith morrison voice on dateline thing and it says <laughs> listen to you know enjoy the podcast on the on the on on the channel that you uh kind of the channel that, of, of your choice and i'm thinking that doesn't my brain's not firing here because i don't know what all the channels of choice are so so when you hear jean Viev chime in at the end and not yeah. that we couldn't do this it's exactly for the same reason that you're like because i'm like yeah. for whatever reason my brain doesn't go there about where do you find us and all that kind of stuff so yeah but the bowling point is bowlingpointpodcast.com is that right john Beth? ah bowlingpointpodcast.com so i do i do remember that so okay but people people will see links on on these show notes i would expect to your your podcast you wonderful or, yeah 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 um so we at the end of these we usually, we do takeaways, right, Emily? We do. And who's going first, you or me? Because you're you're the you're the lead on this. Go for it. Go for it, Dave. Okay. I um. Well, something I'm going to commit to um, uh, is learning more about port authorities, and um, and you know I'm really struck by uh, the complexity and. Um, all the stakeholders, you know, and 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 how important it is to community, and what I'm curious about, and I mean this for another conversation, but is I'm curious about like what happened, like how did the port start, you know, what what you know what was it that caused the port to kind of take a bit of a, uh, you know, a slump, I, I guess is the best way, and you know, but it's so nice to hear it come back, and it just it, it impacts all of us, uh, not not just in this region but beyond, right? So that's for me something really interesting, and and I just you know, Craig, I really I really enjoy your energy as well. It's just it's contagious because 
because on some level, you know, this could have been a really dull conversation, which is, has absolutely not been. <laughs> good. <laughs> That's a good takeaway. Dave did not find this dull. Yeah, not at all. Not a, and, and, and I didn't anticipate it to, but but I was just thinking, like, I don't know anything about this topic. And I'm like, yeah, how, yeah. you know, and if you don't have an engaged person on the other end, I mean, it could be kind of like, oh, all right, we're done. I, I could have launched in a, a container is a box. <laughs> <laughs> uh it, it it moves on the right i i, I could have gone very technical yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We, we could do oh, the yeah. alternative podcast now. i know yeah yeah <laughs> please don't do that please don't I would like that just to hear dave's reaction of how he like <laughs> like, like where do we go with this like oh man um although some you know oddly i find some like even those things interesting so you know but but i really appreciate the energy you bring to this and and as you know, as a member of this community, I just you know so so glad to see someone like yourself taking on the role. So so there are multiple takeaways, Emily. So good. Over to you. That was a great takeaway. Yeah, and you know to add to that was like around your energy is um, you know you talk about maximizing someone's potential, and that your potential was maximized. It sounds like by a passionate leader that like brought you in and that you kind of like stayed sucked in that passion. And now your passion is being passed on to help maximize the potentials in others and just how important and how integral that is. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's right. And and the other thing I'd have to say too, is, you know, Jim and, and other leaders in the organization, something that we've really attempted to, to keep going is that, you know, the, 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 really strong fundamental belief that training, uh, you know, coaching leadership training is so key. And, and we spend, you know, a good portion of our salaries and benefits budget on making sure that the people in our organization have access to good programming and that we we continue to allow people to grow in their, in their personal journey. And we're not worried about training someone really well and having them, you know, go flourish elsewhere. We just view it's another port ambassador that's out and that's going to champion our, our, ourselves, and, and we just view training as 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 core to the to the individual and 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 to the organization. Awesome attitude, so beautiful, yeah. Craig, you're going to appreciate this. Um, so, Jean-Vierre, you're going <laughs> to yeah. Well, I'll even I'll even help Craig out a little bit because I think what Craig was going for was to be able to say that they're going to find it on sjport.com and across their social media channels, which are linked right from their website on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, Instagram, and they'll probably find that podcast on their favorite podcast channels, just like our podcast. And we can be found at boilingpointpodcast.com. We are on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. We release our video versions so everybody can see our smiling faces on YouTube and Facebook. And of course, you can listen on your favorite podcast channel. I knew she was going to come in and nailed it. I knew it. (laughs) How was that, Craig? That's your takeaway is like, is have someone or have that recorded or something. Get a Jean Viep. Get a Jean Viep. I'll never forget that. This will always be ingrained in my mind of how to get the message out to deliver the podcast. Hopefully, Kate will forgive me. Yeah, you're way, of course, she will. You're way ahead of me. If you can remember all that, God love you. You'll be, you know, (laughs) uber successful. Thanks, Craig. Really appreciate it. It's been uh, so much. A lot of fun. Yeah, really appreciate it. Thanks so much, guys. Until next time. Thanks for listening to the Boiling Point Podcast. Remember to subscribe and rate our podcast on your favorite listening platform.
To find out more, head to our website at boilingpointpodcast.com. You can connect with us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. To find out more about Dave Vale's work, head over to visioncoachinginc.com. Thanks for listening, and make sure to check out our next conversation. Hey listeners, I'm Christy. And I'm Melissa. And this is Buried Motives, where we dig deep into the details of some of the most gruesome dirtbag murderers. She said she enjoyed hurting things that can't fight back. And that is a disturbing view into the mind of a murderer in such a dirtbag. Yeah, that's not even strong enough words. This is totally a recipe for disaster. And not to justify whatever is going to happen, but you can totally understand and see how this would be in the works. If you were only to look at what she did later on and not know any of that history, she would appear like off the wall crazy. Oh, 100%. Because we're not even close to getting to the end yet. But you can just see this pattern and all this kind of stuff developing in her, which is what we're here for. We're digging deep. Join us each Thursday as we unearth the dirt bags that live among us and the motives buried there. Hope you join us as we exhume the truth.